grab me a beer and grab him a coke. We bout to sit for an hour bullshit and tell jokes. And please don't mix it up, cause he done sobered up. Brandon T. Comedy on your social media feeds. And Brandon Tess here, bitch, your ex drinking buddy. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of Brennan Tassif is your ex-drinking buddy. I'm your host, Brennan Tassif. If you're new to the program, I'll give you a quick rundown of the show. I used to be everyone's favorite drinking buddy. It was my favorite thing to do, hang out with friends, get drunk, do drugs, get in all sorts of trouble, and reminisce about crazy old stories. I am sober now, but that is still one of my favorite things to do, hang out with someone and reminisce about the crazy old days. Most weeks I will be joined by a guest. This week is no exception. I like that. All the way from Orlando, Florida, Cameron Patterson. <sighs> that shit feel good. I like that. Right? That was a good intro. Yeah, What's yeah. up, man? What did it do? How you doing? Pretty good, man. I, I'm glad to be here. This shit is amazing. Uh, tell everybody, I always do this at the front and then we'll do it at the end too, but plug everything up front. Your oh, Instagram, social media, all that. So my Instagram is Cam So Funny with two O's for the soul. Uh, my TikTok, the same thing, but you got to put a one at the end because I locked out my first one. I can't get back in it. Uh, <laughs> my Twitter is Cameron Patterson, but don't go there. I just be on porn on Twitter. And my Facebook is Cameron Patterson with a K because my dad used to be a blood, but I'm lying. <laughs> Oh, and I got a website called CamSoFunny.com. Yeah, my dad knew that. Website, CamSoFunny.com. I got hats, too. They can fuck my hats. I can yeah, cuss put on that her. right up on there. We can cut, take the beats down. They ain't pay me for shit. I can cuss on <laughs> Yeah, you can say whatever yeah, you want. Yeah, it's good. Um, so you are in New York for this week? Yeah. You came up. You, you're you from Orlando, right? Yeah, born okay. okay, really? Yeah. Okay. Damn. Three, two, one. Shout out. That way. Uh so I've found you, this is the first time we've hung out. I found you through Zach Bennett, yeah, very funny comedian, been on the show, front of the podcast. And he reached out and he said, hey, my buddy Cam is going to be in town uh, in New York. Uh, is there any shows you can get him on or do you want to have him on the podcast? And I said, all right, cool. When? He goes, tomorrow. <laughs> and I was like, this is not, that's not how that works. He said, like, he just told me. And I was like. All right, and so we we did an emergency schedule of the podcast because I wanted to get you on. But how have you been liking? Well, there's so many things I want to get into because you are incredibly young. When did you start doing comedy? So the first time I ever did comedy, I was 19, like I was 19 years old. First okay. time I ever did it, but I did it one time, and then I was like, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna sell drugs. Okay, that's what I want to do. I'm gonna do it, and that's I wasn't the first time that's yeah. happened on this show. I wasn't a very good drug dealer at all. He don't know this. I wasn't very good at it. So, yeah. and I was like, I can't sell drugs forever unless I'm bad at it. <laughs> I can't, I'm not making no money. I'm losing money at this point. So in the beginning of last year, I was trying to start a clothing brand. And then I met this guy who uh, who do comedy. Yeah. And then- uh, Who was it? Do you remember? Dude named Jada, Jada Comic. Jada okay. Comic. Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't going to say his name because he was garbage. But he do comedy. <laughs> he did comedy. I think he still do it. I love you though. He's my dog. But I met him and he told me about- I say it all the time. There's people who do comedy and then there's comedians. There's yeah. a huge difference. Yeah. And then that's how I really got started. I just took it serious after like the beginning of last year. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, because I, I watched a lot of your stuff on uh, Instagram when Zach reached out and you, you have a polish to you that seems like you've been doing it for a while. I love. Yeah. Which is something that is awesome because I deal with, I mean, we all in this industry deal with people who, especially when they're first starting out, they're nervous to talk on stage. They, they get nervous around other people. They're very neurotic. They'll get the mic and they'll just kind of stand in one spot and they don't know how to take it out of the stand. And I was watching some of your stuff and I'd text that. I go, how long has he been doing this? He goes, I don't know, maybe a couple years. And I was like, this is insane, like compared to where a lot of people were at. So when did you, when did you decide? So you did the drug dealing. You weren't very good at it. Well, and then- what what made you think comedy though? Like so my workers at my a lot I worked at the Foot Locker. Okay. A lot of my people I worked with were like, nigga, you tell a really funny story, you should be a comedian. But I never really thought about it for real. And then uh one day I was talking to my dad, my mama they was like, nah, this is a stupid idea, you can't do it. <laughs> you stupid. Then I told my she was telling You're my stupid. dad, yeah, she was like, This is stupid, don't do that, it's dumb, it's a yeah. dumb idea. And she told my dad, she was like, Listen, uh, he wanted to be a comedian, talk him out of it. And he hung the phone up, he was like, I got him, I'll do it. I'll talk him out of it. And he was like, man, if you want to do this for real, you know what I'm saying? You gotta go hard at it. He went the opposite way. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Like you got if you want to do it, you got to go hard at it. Yeah, and absolutely. Then, from that, that's when I really was like, okay, let's let's really do this shit. Well, and there's a huge difference too, because I see it all the time. 
is you'll go to an open mic and like we were just referencing, you'll see people who go to an open mic, which is how I was when I first started. Yeah. Is I'd go to an open mic like once a week, once every couple weeks, and I'd be like, oh, I'm a comedian. Like I did two open mics and changed all my stuff to Brennan T. Comedy. Yeah. I remember I'd tell this on stage, but with my first DUI, they were like, what's your occupation? I said, comedian. Like I've done three open mics. I'm a comic. And then public record, actually, Palm Beach County, uh, it says in the police report, suspect said occupation was comedian, comma, he was actually very funny. So <laughs> I was, and I tell that story on stage because like, I don't need anybody to laugh at anything. Yeah. That's public record. You got a wasn't they? Yeah. They, they vouch for you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I got a vouch. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, but that was something where it took me years. And obviously with my drug addiction and alcoholism, it took me years to actually like go headfirst into it, yeah. which is exactly, as your dad had told you, that's exactly how you have to do it. It's with anything in life where it's like, because we meet so many people where they're like, oh, well, it's just too expensive to go on the road or it's just too expensive to to miss work to do open mics or to miss work and it's like that then get out yeah, like it's over. It's the, then it's just get yeah you, exactly right? then it's not for the you comedy not really like in your blood for real it'll eat your ass alive especially if you go on stage and you have one of those sets where it's not good yeah you bomb not even bomb just not do as well as you'd want yeah and that that will eat at you it'll fuck your soul up for a lot exactly. it'll fuck your soul up it really will um so I wanted to kind of figure out where where did you get started in Orlando? Because I'm very familiar with that uh, area. Uh, when I was 19, I did Fat Fish Blue, and I was like, "This what old Mike said? That's crazy." I was, you know, Fat Fish Blue was like the it was popping back in like 20 2019. Yeah, that was like the spot to go to. Yeah, uh, I started right after COVID for real, like and yeah. when, right when COVID was ending, I kind of was starting comedy, and uh, I went to Harry Buffalo. Yeah, the old improv. Oh yeah, it was fucking garbage. It was horrible. Yeah, Harry Buffalo's a rough room. It was what? It's it was it was horrible. So that's probably why I really like started like the first time I really got on stage for real. Okay, and so then how did you? This is because it's so fresh. This is something I always ask all my guests. But how did you transition? Because you already had it in your head that this is what we're doing. Yeah. How did you transition into like doing open mics to like getting? But did you just show up to all the open mics as much as possible? Or I, like when I found out how it worked, because I was getting open mics like on time. Like when they say come at eight, I was getting at eight, and then yeah. I realized that people was getting there like really early to get up, so I was going up really late. Yeah. So I realized like, okay, I got to get there like an hour or two hours early, so I can make sure I get on. And I would go every day like an hour early to make sure I got on. And then uh, a couple older guys were like, this guy's progressing pretty fast. Like a dude named David Jolly. Nah, I love Jolly. Yeah. Jolly. I love Jolly. Yeah. I seen Jolly. Jolly was at my, like, my, I think my third set of hair at Buffalo. He was like, hey, nigga. That's <laughs> hey. <laughs> David. Yeah, hey. You, hey, you got it. Yeah, hey. you got those eyes. Man. You, you got it. I remember when I first came back because I came back into comedy in 2018 because um, I took like three years off between yeah. arrests and hospitals and stuff. And uh, when I came back in 18, I was like, oh, I'm going to go to Orlando. Like, because that's what we would do. We'd go Jacksonville, Daytona, Orlando, and we'd just do the circuit. And yeah. then we'd hit Tampa every once in a while. So I went to Orlando and I ran into uh, Kermit. And I was like, hey, yeah. Kermit, you know, I'm friends with me and Kermit. We kind of know each other now, but we didn't know each other at all. Then I go, I'm friends with Marcus Crespo, who's like my mentor in Jacksonville. Yeah. He's the one who gave me the award, best podcast in uh, Jacksonville. Crespo, Crespo the best though. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. I love Marcus. And so I, I, I mentioned that to Kermit and he goes, all right, you're going up. And I remember I'm sitting there and Jolly was like walking around. I'm like, who is this? This is an angry man. And <laughs> and then Kermit was like, all right, ladies and gentlemen, David Jolly. And he goes up on, and I was like, this guy's a comic? <laughs> And then just tore it apart. And I was like, this dude's hilarious. But he seems so intense when yeah, he's, he's not a, on stage. Jolly is a, but he, uh, he, he's a murderer, though. Yeah, but oh, he's yeah. A, also a psychopath, like a really crazy <laughs> he's a person. Legitimate crazy this, person. There's something, <laughs> he, he, I, that's when I told you, like, I got, when I told you about I got friends that I'd I be drinking with sometimes. Yeah. Like, wow, that's what I, that I was talking about. I yeah. Got, I got a story, though. I got, some, I got a couple of. All right, all right. But before we get into the stories, so you meet Jolly, you know, Kermit, you meet everybody. Yeah. So then they just start putting you up on shows and so stuff? So Jolly introduced me to uh, Vince Taylor. Okay. He was like, hey, my, I got a young nigga, my young nigga funny. <laughs> You know what I'm saying, put my young nigga on your show. He was like, all right, I put him on the show. Like, so I got on, I got on the uh, Vince Taylor show where he did at this new place he was doing. And I don't think he's doing no more. And then after I did that, uh, like uh, three months after I did that show, I was at the Improv with Vince Taylor. Oh wow, yeah. So I kind of got started doing pretty good, just pretty going, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So then, what? Why? Why did you? Did you book some stuff up here? Did you meet some people? What brought you up to New York for uh, this week? Kev, my dog, Kev was like, you want to go to New York? And I was like, hell yeah. Because yeah. I, I, this the Mecca, you feel what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. That's so, why, yeah, we move here. This is what comedy is. So I wanted to really see what it was like, you know what I'm saying? And I, 
they a uh, you know Luke Tuma. Yeah. So Luke came to Orlando, started a, a great show called Milk District, and I met him. Yeah, I know Milk District. Yeah, yeah. Fucking amazing. So I would always go there and shit and just work on my shit. So I met Luke and he moved back. I like, well, I can go up here and talk to Luke and shit. Probably yeah. Email so that's probably the main reason me coming. Okay. And that's the, and we were talking about this before we came on, onto the show, but that's the, the thing about living up here is, is the same thing that happens in Orlando, but in Orlando or Jacksonville or wherever you are, it happens where once a week you'll get high level comedians come into the club and because you work there so often you know people around the area you can normally go see the show for free and like hang out and a lot of times if you know the person hosting or whatever they'll let you come back and meet the comic yeah and that's an awesome experience but it's once a week at whatever the club is in town in new york it's like that every day with hundreds of those headlining comics so it's one of those things where it's like Oh, I'm not like going to meet like a buddy in the green room at the improv. It's, oh, I'm going to go grab dinner at the stand and I'm going to run into seven or eight comics that all headline in their own, you know, respective place. And then you get to talking to them and then you befriend them. And then all of a sudden, you know, Lord knows, God knows what can happen because, like I said, especially with how funny you are and how quickly you're kind of rising, it's very easy for someone to be like, oh, I really like hanging out with you. I like, you know, like, let's go. What are you doing this weekend? Do you want to come with me? Which is why I love living in New York just for that that part of it. Yeah. Like being around it all the time. So do you ever think you're gonna you're gonna make a move one day? Oh yeah, yeah, 100%. <laughs> Yeah, nah, hell yeah, nah. Yeah, I'm getting out here. I, I think like in the next like three to four years, yeah. I'll probably be How much time do you have right now? Like fifteen. Okay. I would say scroll fifteen and then I can I can do twenty with like crowd work and shit. Yeah, like yeah. Do you like doing crowd work? I love crowd work. Yeah. That's like my favorite really when it's flowing and shit. Oh, yeah. I love crowd work. See, that's one of my hardest things. So you like I, crowd work? Do, no, do you know Will Blaylock? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Will has always been incredibly good at crowd work. He yeah. just, I remember I saw him at a show one time. This guy in the front row wouldn't stop talking. Really tan, older guy, big mustache. He goes, hey, man, I know you got the Pringles can, but this is my time. And everybody died. Because I was like, where did he even pull that from? And so like, I watch him do crowd work, and I go, this guy's like a monster. But my crowd work is different because what I like, I get – the stories I tell on stage are true stories about me, and a yeah. lot of them are very dark. So I get in this weird headspace of I'm being silly, but I'm talking about something Some serious. So if you interrupt me, I take that as a personal affront. And it's not like, a, oh, hey, we're j-. it's like, I'll fucking murder you. Like, <laughs> shut the fuck up. I got a homeboy that my dog Caleb Davis, he's like a real monotone guy. Yeah. And he he be like, I just rather them just not say shit to me. They could just really please be the fuck quiet yeah. the whole time I talk. If they respond to me, I'm gonna really hurt somebody. Yeah. Like saying shit. But I love talking to people. Like you wanna talk to me, I can talk to you forever. And I make it funny. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Unless people just like, nah, that I know uh the only time my crowd would don't go like right is if like I start off like real fucked up. Like what I'm saying, like what well, they just don't understand what I'm saying, or I'm not getting as much laugh, and I try to go in the crowd. They be like, I don't know if we like this nigga. Yeah, but well, and that's the big thing too is trying to get everybody on your side, which yeah. is something. Obviously, as a young, energetic guy, you can probably get everyone on your side pretty quickly. I get up there and they're like, "Who invited the fucking undercover cop? Like, what are we doing here?" And I'm like, "Hey, guys!" And they're like, "No, boo, next." And I learned I get away with a lot more shit than a lot of people because I get you on. Know, we do. We got this place called Lampshade, like in the city. It's a, a newer mic, but it's like a. Uh, they don't have no stage, so I get on the. And it's not a really a mic. They just gave you a microphone. Like, <laughs> yeah. Hey, try whatever you can. Yeah. But people will talk during your set, and I hate that. Like, I listen to me. You can talk to me when, I'm, when you listen listening, but don't talk just around me. That kind of fuck me up. So until I don't do jokes until I get everybody's attention. So yeah. I'll stand on the couch and be like, listen, everybody. I will rob everybody in the <laughs> Everybody. And, and, or if you if you don't, if you keep talking about rob somebody in this motherfucker, and then they'll pay attention. But I know other people like you dark. You know what I'm saying? You can go to like, I'm gonna rob everybody, and they yeah. don't believe you. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, well, I, and that's a, that's a big thing. Is the the dynamic is. So now when I get on stage, I try to be silly off the bat to be like to disarm everybody because I used to open every set where I was like comedy is subjective and I know no one here has been to jail or rehab as many times as I have. So you might not get the jokes. And I always thought in my head, I was like, oh, that's a funny icebreaker. Yeah. But it was never got laughs because people are looking around like, what is this? What? What? And I have this story about like, I have a scar on my forehead and I have this story I tell about. I got into a fight in college when I was playing football and I, I carved my own face open to like prove a point. That's and that's hard. like my big closing that's story. Yeah. Nobody ever fucked with me after that, but um, nobody really talked to me after that either. But, crazy. 
But I tell that story and that's like my favorite story to tell. It's like my, Burt Kreischer has his machine. That's like my machine story because it's intense. Um, I bring it, I try to make it funny, but it also brings in a lot of elements I'm proud of, like playing college football and stuff like that. Well, you played it. Uh, Florida Atlantic University. Hell yeah. Go Owls. Um, But I have comics on a regular basis say, hey, you can't tell, you can't look like you and tell that story because you already come across as a psycho. And then you tell that story and people are going to like the people who like that story aren't people you want to be your fans. Because those are the same people who are like women aren't funny and like who the fuck invited. Like, you know what I mean? Like they're negative people. And they're like. And so I've been told by multiple people like you don't want to tell that. And it's my favorite story. But what you're saying is you don't run into that. You can kind of say whatever you want and just get away with it. Because I learned a lot of people when I they weren't calling me funny at first. They were like, no, you just likable. Oh, yeah. That's a huge thing. And I'm like, well, I want to be funny. Like, well, you, you can get it. You, you'll be funny, nigga. Calm down. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But you're likable, so it's easy for me to get away with. You know what I'm saying? A like lot saying, more. Do you know who you know, you know? Chris Buck, right? Chris Buck. He's a Jacksonville comic. He kind of runs the Jacksonville scene. Baby. I don't be out there too much. But okay. Yeah. Me. Well, next time you're in Jacksonville, talk to him. But he told me, uh, similar to what you're saying, he told me um, when I told him I was moving to New York, his first question was like, why? And I was like, well, you know, it's the mecca of comedy. You know, if I want to make it as big as I want to, like I need to be there. And he goes, oh, you'll do fine. And I got like choked up because Chris Buck is Jacksonville comedy. Yeah. And I was like, oh, is that because you think I'm funny? He goes, no, absolutely not. But you're really good with people. And that's all that really matters. Yeah. And so it's like you're saying, like it's being funny, especially in certain markets and certain areas. Being funny is almost a vibe. Like a everyone's byproduct. funny. Yeah. It's about how are you likable? Do you have stage presence? Can you handle yourself in certain situations? All Do people want to hang out with you? How many people have we met that are hilarious, but when they get off stage, they're dicks, and you're like, I don't even want to be around this person. They're not the same person. They get off stage, and it's like a flip, a, a switch they flip over. Like, yeah. what the fuck happened to this guy? Like, yeah, I don't, um, nigga, I'm just, I'm, that's a joke I told. That's a, yeah, yeah, that's a character yeah. I play. Like, what the fuck? There are some people up here where I've talked to friends of mine, and I'd be like, hey, that, you know, so-and-so's kind of a dick. And they go, oh, well, it was a character. Like, he was getting on stage, like, doing, like, this character of an asshole, and he did it for so long that, just, that he just became an asshole. I got a homeboy like that. And I don't think he's going to become it, but he like he's like, he, he I'm not saying he uh he like plays an asshole. Yeah. My dog Donald, but he's a he's a fucking he's a funny ass dude, but he'll come up to him and be like, hey, that joke wasn't shit. I need you to understand that joke wasn't shit. And you garbage. And when he tell you some shit, it's like meaningful, like, oh wow, you really fuck with me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But he he like that too. Yeah, and that's the thing is like a lot of times I don't think people understand how it can really affect us as comedians where it's like, hey, like my girlfriend does it sometimes where I'll be like practicing a bit at the house or like go writing because I write on a whiteboard. So I'll have the yeah. whiteboard out and I'm like moving stuff around and like look like a crazy person and she'll go, that's not funny. And she, in all seriousness, and I'll turn, I'll go, no, 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 it's, it's funny to me and I'm not unique. There's other people like me. So it's funny. Yeah. Someone's going to think it's funny. And she goes, nah, it's, I don't think it's funny. And just her like saying that, like trying to help. Fuck your mind. It, uh, for weeks, I'll be like, fuck, is she right? And then I'll try it and it doesn't hit. And I'm like, she's right. It's not, I'm not funny. I'm yeah. a fraud. I did a show one time. It was my first big show in New York and it went okay. And I genuinely was like, I've got to move back to Florida. So like good. I'm not ready. I had done plenty of bar shows, all that kind of stuff. It was my first big show at a big club in New York. And I was doing a spot. And on a produce show. So it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't yeah. an audition or anything, but still it was like the biggest thing in my career up to that point. And it went okay. And I invited like 30 people. Yeah, so like, you know, 15 showed up. So almost a quarter of the room is there to see me. And it still just went okay. That's up. And I was like, I would have rather bombed. Because you learn a lot more from a loss than a win. But a tie, you're like, like what, what the fuck what, happened? Yeah. What happened? And so then I was telling you, I did the show um, – this past Monday at the, the the best club in New York. I'm not allowed to technically say where it was, but it's the best club in the yeah. world. So I do that show and I was like, fuck it. Like, we're just, I'm just going to do this the way I want to do this. And I actually, to your point of what you were saying earlier, I was a lot looser, a lot like a little bit more silly. And I just started talking to people, which yeah. again, like we were just talking about, I can't do very well. But I was like, what do I have to lose? So I just started talking to people. Of course, there's like seven people from Florida in the audience. So I'm like, oh, bet. Like, here we go. And it actually ended up going a lot better. But yeah. one bad show, or even like you said, your friend Donald coming up to you being like, that's not funny. Even if he's fucking with you, yeah, he's, he's still like he's 100% always fucking with me. Yeah. But it's like, why, why, come on. Why would down. you say that? When I when I first met him, I was like, hey, listen, you can't be playing with me like that. But I don't understand what the fuck you mean by these jokes. He's like, no, it's garbage, but I like it. What the fuck does that it's mean? Not even- 
That don't help me at all. It's, it's horrible, but it's funny. What do you mean? It's garbage, but I like it. <laughs> so I wanted to talk to you um, since where did you, you went to high school. You said you were born and raised in Orlando, yeah. right? Yeah. What, what, where did you go to high school? I went to a quiet high school. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to take notes throughout this. You'll see. Okay, yeah, um, so you graduated 2017? 2018. 2018? I, I, I failed a grade. I reclassed the second grade. Oh, did you? Yeah. Okay. That's that's good, though, because then you're bigger once you get to high school. Yeah, I wouldn't. Oh, I you wouldn't. weren't? Oh, yeah, you're not. you're not. <laughs> yeah, it, didn't, it didn't help. I just, real shit, I failed, but didn't they keep telling me I reclassed? You can't reclass the second grade. It's not something you do. <laughs> You don't do that. You don't reclass in the second grade. He's like, no, nah, you reclass and you get bigger when you when you get older. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That's what happened. But I, I can't read. You can read. You can read. You can read just right. fine. Yeah, they don't know what they talk about. All right, you just miss some words out. That's the problem. <laughs> just some words get hard for you. you we reclass. That's okay. You'll be fine. <laughs> we'll do it again. Run it back. Run yeah. it back. I almost didn't <laughs> make it out the second time. Really? No, nah, I did. I did. I played. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm serious, though. <laughs> That's something I always think about, and this is how twisted Florida is. And I think they do it in Texas too. But because like sports are such a big deal, I constantly think like, why did my dad because I graduated high school at 17. Yeah. Because my birthday falls in the summer. I'm like, why would my dad not hold me? I didn't hit my growth spurt till I was a senior in high school. And I'm like, if he would have just put me into school when I was like six, going on seven, I'd have been huge. Like a monster. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm 6'1", 220 now, and that's the like the same size I was by the time I got to college. But in high school, I was like 5'8". You'd have got way more office. Oh, yeah. What well, and I was, also, I was also supposed to go to Mainland, which is a huge school yeah, yeah, yeah. in Daytona. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Miss Carter winning shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's where I was zoned for. But because I was in IB, that uh, smart kid program, I ended up going to Spruce Creek. And I make this joke all the time. That Spruce Creek was really good at like the uh, rich kid, country club, white kid sports, like tennis yeah. and swimming. And we used to get our asses kicked in real sports, like basketball and so, baseball so and football. I got a, this is fucking hilarious that you said you go there. If yeah. you went down deep enough on my Instagram, you would see, I played basketball high school, right? But I wasn't like the best basketball player ever. I was kind of a bench woman. So my coach <laughs> wouldn't like, he put me in the game when they were like, we was either getting blown out by 40 or we was winning by 40. And we never was winning by 40. So it was only we was getting blown out. Yeah. And we were playing Spruce Creek and y'all was white as hell. Like y'all yeah. was the whitest school yeah. in the country. And I had one black guy on the team. And so when we walked into the gym, we was we were black as shit. So we walked in the gym, they, they seemed kind of nervous until we started playing. Like, these niggas is garbage. <laughs> and they started kicking our ass, like murdering us. And I ain't so... So halftime, <laughs> this real shit. I just this, this real shit. So they they beating the fuck out at this point. Halftime come around and I ain't played a lick in the game. I ain't played at all. My coach, my coach is a real crazy person. My coach come in the locker room. Listen, I didn't play. I haven't played yet. He come in the locker room. And go, hey, you know why we losing? It's all Cameron's fault. I ain't touched the court the whole game. Like, why was it your fault? Because I kept calling my teammate a pedophile before the game, <laughs> and he was our leading scorer. And he was like, this You got in his head. Oh, I didn't. He was fucking, the, he was seeing high school, he was fucking a freshman. That's your, you a pedophile, nigga. But the fucked up part was, I called him a pedophile in front of my coach. I called him a pedophile in front of my coach. And my coach was like, Why you call him a pedophile? Because I said, He fucking a freshman. He go, What? Yeah, you a fucking pedophile. And then in the game, he goes, Yeah, it's your fault. We lose. No, nah, maybe it's us as a team. Maybe we did that together. <laughs> but I say that because he put me in after halftime, he put me in the game. And I was so nervous because I already fucked it up for some reason. I already fucked up the game for us. So I was so nervous that I uh, I tried to throw a skip pass to my teammate and I threw it to the to the you know the side baskets. Yeah. Now I threw it to that basket. That's they're not even in play. They're, yeah, the ones that are up. Yeah, that they they were Spruce Creek fucked up because they were down. Y'all oh, schools, schools retarded. I, I can say that. I yeah. can, I'm half say retarded. You want. I can say that. They, they, our goals were you got, down. You got reclassed, man. You can say yeah, whatever I can you say, want. Yeah, I can say it. Yeah, I can say it. Yeah. I had a team. I had somebody in my class named Donna. He wore a helmet. So we was in the, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I can say that. We was in the same class. Uh, the, the shit was down. They wasn't supposed to be down, and I hit it. I hit the shit. And yeah, I fu I hate Spruce Creek for that. We yeah. won the game, by the way. We did, did you? Yeah, you ended up winning? Yeah, we did. I didn't help at all. I didn't do anything to help win the yeah, game. Yeah, it was not a school that you would go to if you wanted to excel in like major sports. Yeah. That was mainland, which is where I was zoned for. So I, I mess with my dad all the time. I go, you know, I would have had like 10 Division One offers if I would have just gone to the school I was zoned for. But no, I went to Spruce Creek where we had one guy, uh, Jeremy Campbell, who ended up playing at Clemson. He coaches now, but... Uh, I remember the only time scouts came to see us was mm. to see Jeremy. And so, like, everyone would be like, I mean, he was like, a, he played outside linebacker at Clemson. Uh, I don't know if he ever started, 
But I remember he was on special teams and stuff like that. He's like 6'1", like 219, 215, something like that. But on our – because very typical for a, a mainly white school – and our population was inflated. Like we were a 6A school, but that's because we had IB. So we had kids from like seven different counties all coming to one school. Yeah. And IB is a smart kid program. So these aren't kids that are helping us out on Not the football at all. field. You need the dumb niggas yeah. like me. <laughs> that are taller to be. Yeah. So our, our numbers all got inflated. So then I remember Jeremy played wildcat quarterback, wide receiver, outside linebacker, safety. Like we would just move him all around the field. Was, he, was, he was the team. He, yeah, he was the team. Yeah. Um, but I remember he was the only one who got like a big offer. And everyone else ended up going to these small like 1AA schools or Division two schools. And everyone was back except Jeremy and I. Almost everyone else was back by the end of the next summer. Because, you know, you go, you're away from home. You're no longer the big fish. Even if it's a small Division two school. Yeah, like somebody who really could have went D1 but got that hurt. Wanted, yeah. yeah. And that happened at FAU a lot too is we'd have people – because South Florida is the hotbed for recruiting. So we'd yeah. have people who just wanted to stay close to their family. So we had these five-star recruits coming in and they're like, yeah, I got offered from Alabama. Ohio State, Florida State. Why are you here? But it's like, I want to live. My mom lives right outside Boca and Del Rey, so I'm not leaving my mom. And I was like, these are fucking grown men. Yeah. Like, these, like, like grown men. That's why I ain't played football in high school. Because I played football, like, my whole life. My brother was like an All-American quarterback. So he was like, he was that I was going to be like that. But I, I didn't grow. You know what I'm saying? I didn't, I didn't get to get to grow. Your body didn't get the memo? They were like, nah, nigga, nah. You, you going to be a comic in your life. Kyrie also real shit. So I knew I couldn't, I knew, I knew I couldn't play football because I played it when I was, when I was young and shit. So when I, my ninth grade, I walked into the weight room because we were, we were living with the uh, basketball team, we were living with the football players. Yeah. So I, I walked into the weight room and I seen them niggas and I was like, oh, these are not, these are not high school students. They was throwing 45 pound weights at each other like they was baseballs. You know what I'm saying? I was like, I can't. And these niggas lose. Like, <laughs> our football team was garbage. You know what I'm saying? These the losers? Yeah. I, I'm looking at the losers right now? Fuck that shit. I didn't want to do We it. won, the four years I was at Spruce Creek, we won state in weightlifting every single year. And a lot of those guys played on the team. How, how? We had one winning season for football. That's disrespectful. We, we had the best weightlifting program in the state. Like, we won like 28 out of 32 state championships. Most of those players... Most of those weightlifters were on the football team. Yeah. It just doesn't translate though. But like it's the same thing you're saying. Like you walk in and you're like, oh, these are like these are grown like freshmen, like two twenty five, like it's nothing. These and you're people. like, what are we doing here, man? Like what are you guys putting in the water? I hated it. I was I didn't want to be in the no and they chased us that same day. They took our socks. <laughs> they did. They took our socks. Well, it's also funny too, cause I'm obviously much bigger than you are, but I didn't even like when I first started playing football, I hated it. Like you hit each other and I'm yeah. like, this hurts. Like does anybody like nobody told me this was gonna hurt this it much. Sucked. It's horrible. You get done with practice and you got bruises all but, over your body. See, and you're but, like, you, but you played though. Yeah. You, know what I'm you played. Well then after a while you get you realize it hurts you, but you're also hurting the other person. Yeah. And then obviously as a sick individual, I was like, Oh no, this is fun now. Yeah, I was a practice nigga. Like I was I remember one time, cause I, I in pop one you had to at least get six plays. I was yeah, one of the I remember niggas. that. I yeah. was a six play nigga, so I didn't get hit a lot. You know what I'm saying? I remember when I used to play on kickoff. You know, you supposed to go hit somebody. Yeah. I was running like I had the football, and I was <laughs> just avoiding everybody. Avoiding everybody. I remember one time I knew I couldn't be a good football player. Cause I was in the game, right? I was in the game, and everybody on our team we had gotten fights and stuff like that, and everybody yeah. got like ejected. You know what I'm saying? So I had I had to be a running back for for the rest of the game, right? They put me in the game and I got hit the first time. I'm no, I can't do this shit. I don't want to. Do These niggas hurt, but what? The, that's not the gay as hell. Pause. That shit hurt it, bro. <laughs> I didn't like that. That was not enjoyable. I was like, "These niggas, are, we had the right people at running back. It's not me." <laughs> I played running back. You did in college. That shit hurt. Ain't well, it? I played fullback. I was a blocking running back. My uh, a guy that I played with, Alfred Morris, ended up playing in the league for like ten years. Hell yeah, what's up? Yeah, I I used to joke with him and uh, the most country person you've ever met in your life we used to practice our practice field was next to a water treatment facility and every day he'd come out and he'd go hey coach it smells like poopoo out here man poopoo water you got us drinking and we're all like this guy's gonna go to the nfl and make multi-million dollars and he doesn't understand that it's a water treatment like he honestly thought like the water was like toxic that's hilarious i was like what is happening he got ct early it was <laughs> he caught that shit quick. He had that one since he was seventeen. <laughs> no, I love Alf. He's. Uh, I wanted to talk about though because you're still like like we were talking about. You're, you're newer to everything as far as like coming up and stuff. But you've yeah. been getting into. Uh, 
I want to talk about the drug dealing. Just real quick side yeah. note. How long did you do that for? I want to say like, like a like a uh, like a like a year and a half. Full disclosure to everybody listening. We do have we do have some friends and family in the yeah, studio. Yeah, my dad. He ain't know I did it for real. Cause he, I was looking. My I mama. love how you look at. No. <laughs> I lived with my mama at the time, and this the funny part. My mama, my mama is a is a very uh, I don't I can't think of the word. She's uh she's very protective yeah. of me, but she's very naive on things. So I had baggies and like I had like a little locker in my room that I had since I was a little kid, but I put like baggies like for the weed and shit in my shoe. You know what I'm saying? And she saw the baggies and didn't think, oh, he's selling drugs. She immediately thought, oh, my son smokes crack. <laughs> that was. <laughs> That was her first thought. Like, oh, my son is smoking crack. I was like, why the fuck? You, we have TVs in the she house. Killed him in the 80s. No, no. <laughs> what the fuck? I have 37, I have 350 baggies in a shoe, and you think I smoke crack? I That's a I, lot of crack. I smoke that much crack? That's a lot of so crack. So she would tell him, oh, I think he smoked crack, and nobody knew I was really selling drugs. But and I you're naturally amped up as a, as yeah, a person. Yeah. So, so she was like, oh, this is, this is probably some good crack he's smoking. <laughs> but I had this farmer that we still have TVs in the house. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I was smoking crack. There would be no TVs. No, so. no TVs. You know what I'm saying? So, nah, she she thought I was smoking crack, but I was, uh, I was a very bad drug dealer. You lost money. Yeah, but so you know when you when you said that nobody put to know your name, yeah. right? You're not you're not putting these real names. So I was using my initials, but my my dad is a smart person. Every every kid he has is, is his initials is KP. So I was okay. using my initials, but I was selling drugs for the whole family. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I was KP for everybody. You feel me? So I was I was doing that, and I remember uh, I had to, I had I had served somebody, I had to serve somebody, and uh, they pulled up to the car. And I was like, they're like, I ain't got no money. I cash up. Y'all like, I bet my cash out will connect it to my name. Oh no! So they were like, your name Cameron Patterson. And I was like, nah, 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 nah. that's not me. That's my fake drug dealer name. <laughs> Actually, I stole this nigga cash out. I, said, I stole it. Man, I stole that fuck nigga cash out. Man, that, that 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 nigga don't even exist no more. That's not a real person. What I said. I made sure of that. Yeah, yeah, he done, he done. And then I changed it to KP, which is my initials. And people always, I'm always been kind of funny. So people always be like, what does it stand for? I be like, kill people. <laughs> stand for, I kill people. I and kill they, people. Yeah, I kill. I like, know you know. I like, at least you know. So yeah. <laughs> and I ain't like hanging around killers. Hanging around killers is scary. You know it's, that? I've hung around, because I've been arrested eight times. I've yeah. spent a significant amount of time in jail, like four or five times. And it's interesting because I've hung around more dangerous people in New York comedy. Than when I was for real, yeah, like because when I was in jail, it was a lot of like, oh, I got caught sending like dick pics to like my oh, yeah, okay. boss's fourteen year old daughter, and I'm like, this is yeah, fucking. and I was with killers. They but were they killed people, some, and they told you some of these comedians in New York are like reformed drug dealers yeah. and like ex addicts and stuff like that. And one guy, I love him to death. He's he's like the sweetest. Like you would never know because he'll come up and like like he'll fuck with you, like yeah. give you a big hug and like start biting on your neck, and you're like, yeah. ugh, like what's going on. Dudes like killed people like, and you're like, this is weird. They like, do that because they didn't have, they wouldn't they didn't get to be kids because they were killing people. Yeah, when they was younger. That's what. They yeah, that's that the thing is he's been you know in and out of the system since he was like 11 years old. Yeah, and so now that he's re you know reformed and like a, a productive member of society, he never got to be like a silly little kid because he was involved in that kind of shit when he was like 12. But I was around people. I was around people and they would they would like it'll be my inconveniences and they already have killed somebody. They but listen, you understand I fucking kill you. But like, he just stepped. He didn't step on. He stepped by your shoe real close to it. You gonna kill him over that? Somebody. I mean, we those was, are some of the people you're hanging out with. Yeah, and I'm like, I don't want to be here no more. This is horrible. This is horrible. Like we, just, I'm just sitting. I'm like, this is fucking horrible. Nigga, they would talk about it like so casual. Like, yeah, that nigga did. That's what he does. Yeah, hey, the guy I'm talking yeah. about. He's like, yeah, well, I'll just fucking come by and shoot him. And I'm like, you're kidding, right? He goes, well, now I am. But ten years ago, I would have done it. I was, I was and I'm like, serious. Over nothing. And I'm like, this is insanity. Shit is wild. That's when I realized, like, damn, this not for me. <laughs> so you get out of that life, and now you're doing comedy. And you said uh, you sent me uh, uh, the text about some of the stories and stuff, and you mentioned it earlier with Jolly. So you started, like, now that you're hanging out with some of these degenerate comics, you're yeah. starting to do some degenerate I, things? I drink now more. I used to smoke, like, a lot of weed. Yeah. Like, I smoked, because I sold weed. So I had, I had drank, I smoked, like, a lot of weed. Like, I smoked, like, Yeah, you said day. you had stopped smoking. Yeah, I had to. I had no choice. Cause I, I was smoking. Like more people, like, I smoke like a joint. You know what I'm saying? Get my mind mellow. Like I was smoking, like you know, like gravel leaf. Yeah. So I was smoke. Like I get like three point five a gravel leaf, and I roll. I smoke like I was a rapper. <laughs> but I was broke. And I ain't had no money. I was smoking my weed. Yeah, you know what that's saying? what I was gonna say. But I had pounds of it. I was like, I could do whatever I want. It's mine. <laughs> 
I feel like the Monopoly man. I got all this weed, nigga. I can smoke it all. And I was fucking it's up the all weed. Mine. Yeah, it's mine. I was, I was, I was, I was singing with it. That's, I got all this fucking weed, nigga. I was so happy. I was, I was happy. Meanwhile, I was asking this nigga for money with all the weed. I'm like, please help me. I need more money. Help me. And so now, now when and you then, hang. When you hang out with uh, the comics and stuff, because what? Because you're not you're you're just now 21. Or are you oh, 23? 23. Yeah, okay. Because yeah. yeah, you said oh, forgot. Yeah, so I stopped. You got reclass. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, I, yeah. I was like, you just graduated like three years yeah, ago. Yeah, reclass early. Yeah. So now that you're 23, what do you like? What kind of do you get in trouble? Because like we mentioned earlier, Jolly's a pretty intense guy. I know Kermit doesn't drink too often because he trains and everything like nah, that. Not but. Too Who's probably the craziest comic that you hang out with, and that's in the Orlando scene that gets like rowdy? David Jolly. Yeah. yeah okay. The, what? <laughs> There's nobody it. compares to this nigga. How many? But David Jolly is like a. So this the funniest. This is probably the funniest story that I have. So one time I was outside the Mike Lampshade, right? Yeah. I might just end it. I'm eating a pizza. It was like one o'clock in the morning. Everybody was gone but the host, right? So I'm sitting there, I'm just, I'm just chilling, I'm getting ready to go home, and it was just, it was just me out there. Jolly walked around the corner, drunk in here, hey, hey boy, what you, what you doing out here? <laughs> said, I was just, this the mic, right? This the mic? I said, yes. I said, yeah, but it's over. Oh, it's over? No, it's not. I'm David motherfucking Jolly. And then <laughs> <laughs> he go to the host, he said, hey, hey, let me get back up there. And he's like, it's over. He's like, let me get back up there. He said, fuck it, go ahead. It was four people in the bar and the bartender. So Jolly go up, he he up there for like 25 minutes. Just hanging out. Just doing a whole bunch of wild, just drunk as shit. So he up there, and he go, hey, bartender. At this point, he calling me his son. He said, hey, get me and my son two mock uh, tequilas, but put the tequila in it. I want the tequila. <laughs> so five minutes go by, tequilas come, right? He go, hey, who ordered these drinks? <laughs> who got us these drinks? Thank you whoever got it for it. I appreciate it. What the nigga? You ordered the drink? No, I didn't. I didn't order these drinks. Jolly. One time, uh, we was at B Side Retro. I can do this shit the rest of the podcast. Nigga. Yeah, we was at B Side Retro, and uh, it's a it's a good room. Jim Money had run the room. That's my dog right there. I know Jimmy. Yeah, yeah, great dude. So he run. It's a fucking amazing room. So he called me when I was at work. He was like, "Hey, where you at tonight?" And I was like, "Uh, B Side." He was like, "Hey, I'm riding with you." <laughs> Like, yeah, come on. So me and You're coming my, from Orlando to yeah, Melbourne. Yeah, so yeah. me and my dad rolled up there. And we get there and uh Jolly is twisted, like drunk as hell, right? And he did this show a couple times. The, actually the first time he did you know the, the first time we did the show was like a covered alcoholic meeting. So it was like AA and stuff like that. That's the only people that was in the room. Yeah. I've so, done a couple of those shows. Yeah, but they it was a great show. It was like yeah. eighty people there. Because they, they get they get they, and understand they, they love comedy. So we was Jolly get there, this is the first time I ever did it with him, right? He had he ended the show. So Jolly been drinking the whole show. Like come in and out with alcohol. And he get on stage, he go, hey. I heard everybody here is uh, in Alcoholics Anonymous. He like, you're not supposed to say that anyway. And then, <laughs> At all. That's then, what the anonymous That's is. what it's for. And then he go, I applaud y'all on that. Because I'm drunk as fuck right now. <laughs> <laughs> I could never do it. And then he just goes into his set. So the next time we get there, he go he go to the back. And uh, he, he, go, this, he goes, uh, sometimes you see God. And sometimes you see David motherfucking Jolly. <laughs> <laughs> you can't compare the two. I don't think those are comparable people. Nah, they're comparable. <laughs> the Jolly, I fucking love Jolly a little bit. That's that's my that's really like my mentor in comedy. Yeah. God. Like, Does he ever get you into trouble? Uh nah, cause I'm I, I know how to I know how to just avoid shit. You yeah. know what I'm saying? But I know he uh he be trying to, he be like, hey, listen, we're going to fuck these bitches. Cause we, we did a couple things with some females together. You know what I'm he said, we're going to fuck these bitches. We got to stop by the gas to get a, I need a dick pill real quick. You need one? I said, nigga, I'm 23. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> you just talking about bitches. My dick already hard. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm re- I've been ready since the bitches said we could fuck. All right? You can get your own little dick pill, nigga. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> I want to do. I want to do. Uh, ask you about. You did send me one other thing. You had mentioned about the mushrooms. I yeah. wanted to know how that happened. Uh, white people. Yeah, that's what I figured. White people. There's too many of them. There. They they influenced me. They was was like, this in Orlando? Yeah, 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 yeah. So so I, what? How did you set it all up? Who are you hanging out with? So how does it even come up? So my dog Tony, right? My dog Tony Wellens. He uh he he big. That's my cousin. He white, but that's my cousin. Yeah. 
And he big into like mushrooms and stuff like that. And he was telling me like, man, mushrooms is pretty good. It's good psychedelic and shit. You know what I'm saying? My girlfriend wanted to try. I'm like, we can try mushrooms. So I got a chocolate bar and I ate one one time and it was, it was fine. What like is that. this? Like, is this on the weekend? Is this at night? Like, it's what's like going at night. It's at yeah. night. So I ate a chocolate bar with my girlfriend. It was it was great. You know what I'm saying? I ain't feel nothing. So my dog was like, bro, you want to you wanna see shit? And I'm like, not really. I don't really want to see <laughs> no, nothing. I'm all right. I think I'm fine. He was like, nah, nigga, you, you ain't experienced it unless you've seen some shit. So he was like, you just have a chocolate bar and you eat this mushroom. You know what I'm saying? You'll be fine. So I ate to have a chocolate bar in the room and then- uh, Are and there I, mushrooms in the chocolate bar? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And then I ate uh, like two caps of the mushrooms. And I was, it was amazing. For the first three hours, it was great. You know what I'm saying? It was amazing. Like, I was like, this is pretty fucking cool. You seeing stuff and everything? Yeah, it was like, my hand moving pretty So this is pretty nice. The last three hours, I thought I died <laughs> for three hours. Like, I was in bed and I was like, I think I'm a dead nigga. I don't think I'm hittable. I thought it was over. I thought life was over. How I did thought, you come out of it? Uh, I tested everybody. Right at the end, I was telling people, like, I fucking hate you because you didn't tell me that, that, my, that my closet was going to turn into a desert. Nobody told me that. <laughs> Nobody told me when I looked into my closet that I was going to see sand. I ain't nobody said that. I looked outside and it was like a loading video game. The shit was wild as fuck. Nobody, I was, I just kept hearing people who was talking about how good they was. And they were like, but mushrooms is great. And I just kept thinking about like, these niggas hate me. <laughs> you thought they shut you up? Yeah, they, they, they ain't telling me I was going to see all this bullshit. I hated it. I really, I really died. I didn't like it. Would you ever try it again? Uh... Nah, 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 yeah, nah. I'm scared. I'm scared. I like being Jeffrey. It's pretty cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it's like more like a psychedelic type shit. Yeah, and that's it's really weird with mushrooms because I I know people who swear by it. Yeah, yeah, they like, like uh, Marco Dosa. Yeah, David Jalen. <laughs> <laughs> that nigga love mushrooms. You know how people be like, I'm Marco Dosa. So yeah. one day I was telling about, he said, you don't like him. So we did a show in uh, we did a show in uh, Fort Pierce, right? Mm-hmm. And me. Tony and David Jolly and Tony had like a bag like a this first time I ever seen mushroom. Tony had like a bag of uh like a like more like it was like at least a quarter of mushrooms. And he was like, man, Jolly was like man. Tony was like, man, eat as many as you want. It's cool. So Jolly was fucking scarfing them down. Like these mushrooms are great. I said, they can't no, taste that's good. That's not. Well, they come out of shit too. Yeah. So they, that, how are they good to you? And so you eating them. We get the we get to the place and he hosting the show. Oh God. So Jolly's in the back. I walk into the bathroom. Jolly in the bathroom by himself. <laughs> Nobody laughing hysterically. Like, like he go, he goes, I said, Jolly, you good? Nigga, I'm the funniest nigga in the world. <laughs> I'm funny as fuck. And he just walks out and murders the show. Did he? Murdered. High as fuck on mushrooms. I'm pretty sure he thought we was talking vegetables by the time <laughs> he got this last set. Because the nigga was gone. But he talked to me about, uh, he was like, yeah, man, uh, I like mushrooms. I be microdosing. That's how I'm going to take you days. I take like two, three grams at a That's time. That's not a microdose. At all. That's not. That's, That's a not, dose. You you high, nigga. Yeah. But nah, but it feels great. <laughs> I have you might know he was he's been on the show. Uh he was talking about Rob Rowe. Yeah, I love Rob. Yeah, I love Rob. Rob was talking about microdosing. He's like, Yeah, I just take a little bit and I put it in my tea. And I was like, So you just and he swears by it. He's like, yeah. No, it levels you out. You you're kind of like smooth well, all Rob day. got money, so I, I listen to Rob. <laughs> Whatever Rob, I'm gonna do it. Rob got money. When he bought that house, the I don't know if you've ever been there. I ain't been there yet. No, you gotta go. He built a whole podcast studio in it. So he like this, like yeah. a studio studio with like screens and everything. He bought that house. I remember when he first bought it. I came to visit, and in my head, I'm like, oh, this is a money pit. Like you're gonna lose so much money on this. And then to his credit, I think we brought it up on the podcast, but I went back like eight months later. So like I've been living in New York for like six months. Mm-hmm. I come to visit. I go over to his house because he lives right near my dad. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Like he turned like the spare room into a full like Joe Rogan experience style studio with like TVs everywhere and like a ventilator. So you can like smoke cigars and cigarettes while you're podcasting. And like I was like, do you don't even have a podcast? <laughs> He's like, oh, I'm, I'm trying to work on one. So, like, I wanted to. But he swears by the microdosing. He says it's changed his life. But then there's people like Jolly where you're like, you're just doing mushrooms just doing every day. mushrooms. Like, but I like them. I enjoy them. <laughs> but I just, I didn't like the, that I couldn't leave it. Because with weed, you can be like, I'm, I'm done being high. Yeah. And weed, it just go away. Well, it's the same thing with drinking, too. Like you yeah. just, like, stop drinking. You can figure out, like, I'm done. Yeah. But mushrooms, like, no, nah, nigga, I got you for the next four hours. Yeah. And that's what I kept hearing. I was like, how long is this last? And somebody who told me that during the day, they were like, it lasts five hours. I'm like, I'm, I'm in hour playing over I'm and... in hour two. I got three more of these we're bitches just left. just getting started. So it was, yeah, I didn't, I didn't like that at all. I cool. never wanted to do, I've never done those kind of psychedelics because everyone always tells me like, hey, if you're an anxious person, you yeah. shouldn't do it or you uh-huh. should be around people you like. And I'm like, 
I'm super anxious and I don't like a lot of people. Like, I don't think I, yeah. I'm built for this. So I was always just drinking. Like when I got to school, my roommate was the, the smoker and I was the drinker. So it almost worked out perfectly. But then <clears throat> I was very much like Jolly where I would just like go get hammered. Yeah. Like, f like fucked up. Like to the point where I used to get on stage <clears throat> and I would do impressions. So it's a five minute set and I would do impressions for 12 minutes because no one's got, none of these nerds are going to come get me on. Yeah, stage. at all. You can you do a special right now. Dude. <laughs> I let your ass go. This nigga big white boy. He can do whatever he fuck he want. All right. But I used to get up and be like, oh, what are you doing? And then they'd like, give me the light. And I'd be like, fuck your light. Like Arnold is here and we're doing this. You guys love it. And it'd be like, Three people at a bar with like the magic game on in the background. And I'm like, ah, the Orlando magic. More like the Orlando tragic. Am I right? And everyone's like, the fuck is happening? <laughs> Which is why I had to stop drinking. Yeah. Like you were mentioned with the smoking earlier. I was like, this is, this has gone too far. Yeah, it get, it gets bad, bro. Yeah. It gets like, it gets like to the point where like, okay, I, I can't continue life. <laughs> Like you know what I said, like life is not going to be no fun for me if I keep doing this thing right here. Well, that's what I wanted to ask you. So when you, um, decided to stop smoking weed was it because like you mentioned earlier you were just like out of money or was it so, like was genuinely were like things not going well shit wasn't going right at all my mom came out the crib i uh i lost my job like the next day and then uh i i, I, had, I ain't had shit going you know what With I'm saying? The, your job at foot locker yeah yeah how'd my, you lose that i cussed my manager out yeah i did <laughs> how did that happen so she was she a fucked up person <laughs> yeah, but she was she like she had she had a crush on me you know what i'm saying she yeah. liked me and shit but my thing was, so it was a, it was a guy I used to work with at Foot Locker when I first started, who he was a, a store manager, but it wasn't he didn't give a fuck yeah. no more. Cause I worked at West Coast Mall, and if you know oh, anything yeah. about West Coast, it's like the worst mall in the country. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it was nobody else. So we didn't give a fuck about Foot Locker at all. We would just go there and chill and talk to each other. And when people came in, we thought they were interrupting our talking time. You know what I'm saying? That was that's how, how I, a lot of places are in New York. That's how it was. Like though. you walk in and they're like, "The fuck do you want?" It's Why like, do you want to be here? Yeah, it's like I wanted to get. Yeah, like nah, leave, nigga. So they was fucking us up with talking. So that's all I did was talk. When when my doc, my uh, my boss went and got another job, she came in and was like, "Oh, now we got to work." I'm like, "That's not what we do here." <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you got yeah. the memo. Yeah, but we don't that's we not... don't work here. And so and I was a manager. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And my boss would always tell me like wrap around some shit that didn't make sense to like uh, all the other managers. So she would try to tell me to do something, and I'd be like, "I don't think that's how that works. I, we don't have to do that." And she was like, "Nah, that's how that's how I pulled up and listened to her." I be a good little minute now. We don't have to do that shit. I promise you that. So one day she had like a she had a crush on me. She was telling me she was losing weight, right? And I didn't want to hear. It. I just walked. I said, right, I don't give a fuck. I walked away, right? So uh, we got to an argument later that day because we used to go at it like every yeah. day. That's how I am with some of my yeah. Managers. So we we would go at it. We was going at it in the back and shit. And then uh, she called me. She called me a special child. And I can call myself retarded, okay? Yeah. You're not finna call me retarded. You're not finna call me that. So I was like, listen here, you fat. I called her, I called her, <laughs> I called her, uh, 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 damn, a fat fuck. I called her a fat fuck, yeah. And that's what called it. Like, you said, shut up, you fat fuck. And then that kind of hit. That was like, it? Oh, that was the scroll. That was Scott. Did you just turn around back. and walk out, or did you have to, did they have huh? to, like, fire you? Oh, I stayed the rest of the day. Did you? Yeah. My cousin worked there because we snuck him in because my other man just snuck my cousin in. He let my cousin work and we didn't tell him to chill with my cousin. So I called her a fat fuck and I walked back to the floor. My cousin was like, hey, you finna get fired, nigga. I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm good. <laughs> like, nah, we do this shit every week. I'm fine. And then the next, like next week, they uh, I went to work and there was another manager there. And I didn't see nothing of it. Because I'm like the guy at the mall. I'm like, he must just be taking over for us. Yeah. So I'm, I'm I'm at the front. I'm chilling. You know what I'm saying? Doing what I do. People coming in talking to me like, hey, nigga, when the shoes I'm like, they coming out next week. Fuck me next week. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And so uh, no, not knowing that they was firing me that day. So I wasn't going to be here no more after that. So yeah, it was it was over. But Foot Locker was good to me though, man. That's really why I sold a lot of weed at Foot Locker. Did you? Yeah. Yeah, I could imagine just be, being around people. That's the thing too is like uh, in the restaurant I work at, uh, not currently, but I've worked in steakhouses for a long time. It's Coke. A lot of Coke you'll sell. Yeah, 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 say, yeah. Because you always get these like fucking finance bros or these people who want to party. They're celebrating a birthday. They don't go to these nice restaurants very often. And as soon as they finish dinner and everyone's like losing their steam, it's immediately like, hey, do you guys know where we can get any? And you're like, well, yeah, obviously. Like, look, at, yeah, of course. Look I know around you. Yeah, you. like, of course I can find you. So coffee. when I first started comedy, everybody in my house was telling me, listen, I'm going to tell you real White people <laughs> love cocaine. All right? Yeah, they do. You're going to be around a lot of white. Don't do we no love fucking, it. Don't do no fucking cocaine. All right? 
Don't do it. That's the first thing they said. Don't do no fucking cocaine. First time I ever saw it, I was like something out of a movie because yeah. I was straight edge through most of high school. Like I didn't fuck with any drugs or anything like that. And I remember I was in college and I was at I was at these uh, these two girls were staying in the freshman dorm and I went to visit them and they were just doing coke. And I would only ever seen it in movies and wow. stuff. And I was like, you guys are just doing like, it. yeah, you want something? And I was playing football at the time. I was like, no, I want nothing to do with it. Yeah. And then fast forward two years when I stopped playing football and I was like, this, this is the greatest thing ever. Like you're running around and people are like, we should start a business. Why haven't we thought of this before? Underground railroad <laughs> restaurant. We're white. We can do it. We can do we it. We can do it. Did you know Harriet Tubman had a speech impediment when she got hit in the head with a brick? That's a true story. Did you know that? I did. Not learned something. Yeah, yeah. I learned some shit. My uh, minor was in American history. Uh, yeah, so you don't do cocaine. Don't. Nah, nah, nah. I'm, I don't need cocaine. I'm just, yeah. You see how I'm built right yeah, now? Yeah, yeah. I'm good. Like, I, I, this shit built it in my skin. Well, and it makes me nervous, too, is because I've had some people on the show, uh, comics and stuff, who, I, you know, we're very open on the show. I like people to be able to talk about whatever yeah. they want, and I encourage that. And they, but I get so scared when people come on and they're like, yeah, I'm still doing, you know, we get coke like once a month or something like that. I get scared only because of the fentanyl thing that's going that on shit right is now. Where I'm like, idea. we just saw, you know, there was what was it six months ago? Yeah, in L.A., three comics just dead. I was talking to somebody, and this is fucked. I'm trying to make it funny, but it's fucked up. Mm -hmm. Somebody I know, he was like, he was like, yeah, nigga, we make them pills with the fit in it, but it's not a lot, so we can kill you just a little bit. I said, nah, nigga, that's the no, no, that's bad. No, it's not, it's not a lot, it's a little bit. I know we put the right amount in it so it don't kill nobody, but it's enough to get you high. That's not what it is. Nigga. Well, that's the thing is, so they put in a lot of. So now what's happening, especially with like pain pills and stuff, is they're putting in a lot more filler. And then you just put in a little bit of fentanyl and you'll get the same effect as like a full thing of heroin. But the problem is addicts don't understand that. So they just do as much as they want to do and then they, and they die. die. I don't understand up. why they put it in cocaine because cocaine's an upper. Like why are you putting this huge downer in cocaine? <laughs> they don't got, give a fuck. We kind of got off the rails. We did. It's okay. It's all right. Um, plug everything one more time. Oh, uh, it's been it's been about an hour. Big. I know you got a lot of stuff going on. Cam, we we got to eat. We yeah. eat all day, all day. My stomach hurt. Uh, Cam so funny on my Instagram. Uh, Cam so funny one that my TikTok. Uh, my Twitter is Cameron Patterson. But I told you I watch a lot of porn on Twitter. So you looking for some good porn stars? Put on my Twitter. <laughs> uh, and my 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 uh my website is camsofunny.com. I got hats and shirts on that shit. Get and your then, merch, please. Put on my merch and then uh yeah. That's it. One more thing I want to do, like a yeah. really big shout out. Uh, my pops is sitting in the corner the whole time, but like that's that's the real reason. Like I'm doing anything with comedy or like progressing. We had in my life. Like he the main reason for this. Like he the biggest part of like my my progress. Cause man, he uh he support me. So I remember when I my my car I, I crashed my car like right when I first started doing comedy, and I was getting into it like really heavy. And I was like, man, how I'm gonna get these mics? You know what I'm saying? I'm, I can't get the mics, nigga. We got a car. <laughs> I have a car. You got one. Look and I've been that. driving his car ever since. Now he ready to get me. He ready for me to get a new car. Now it's been a year. Yeah. But you know what I'm saying? But he been he been that's like I couldn't do none of this. None of this shit. Like nothing ever no, nothing with comedy without my father. So Are I you a big comedy fan? I am. You are? Yeah. So is this kind of like this is like this is a cool thing then, right? This has gotta be awesome for you, right? Yeah, my uh, I was I was uh, proud of him until he told me the drug story shit, so now I'm kinda down with <laughs> <laughs> It's just the program. Don't worry. We're gonna have we're gonna have certain comics on here. This this show's gonna blow up, then we'll put your episode out, and then you're gonna be like, never mind, that was great. That was great. I love it. Um Yeah, what <laughs> this is funny, because uh, juxtaposition to that, my dad said, uh, my dad saw one of my sets and he goes, Hey, you've got great stage presence. Now you just gotta find someone to write you some jokes. That's fucked up. <laughs> I know what he meant because my stuff is very dark. I know yeah. what he meant, but in the moment, like we were talking about earlier, I was like, "Yeah, so I guess I'm gonna kill myself." I don't know. I guess, <laughs> I guess it's so. over. I think I just quit comedy. Dude. <laughs> yeah. um, thank you, everybody, so much for listening. Brennan T Comedy on all social media. BrennanTComedy.com. Check out the merch store for your ex drinking buddy merch, and we'll talk to y'all next week. Yeah, yeah. That was fun, man. That's so funny here. Hey, dude, he really upset about the drug thing. What did you come out of here?